Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. All right. Well, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. My name is Rich Birch, the host around these parts. Super excited today because we have an actual seminary leader today <laughs> in uh, Dr. Ron Walborn, the, uh, the, the dean at ATS, Alliance Theological Seminary in Nyack, New York. Great school. Uh, super excited to engage in this conversation with you today. Uh, Ron, welcome to the show. Thank you. And it's appropriate because I'm like the most unseminary dean that's ever existed. <laughs> nice. Well, we're kindred spirits then. There you go. <laughs> that's a great, uh, you know, that's a great thing. Well, um, why don't you start by giving us a sense of, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, ATS and your role and, you know, how, how does that work? Tell us about yeah. your school. Um, Alliance Theological Seminary has a great history and it started by missionaries. Hmm. It's, uh, there were some missionaries who were anthropologists. They came back in 1960 and they said, uh, we need a place to train people that are going to go cross-cultural, that are going to go overseas, get them certainly more theology, but theology in a way that they can contextualize it to the culture they're going to. And so our seminary was started as a missionary training school. Uh, it was initially known as Jaffrey School of Mission, named after a great missionary, Robert Jaffrey, and then became Alliance School of Theology and Mission. They added a little more theology and eventually uh, morphed into a seminary. But we've kept that DNA of integration. Uh, when you come to ATS, you do get some traditional theological education, but you're getting a lot of anthropology, a lot of psychology, a lot of integration so that, you know, we want to put people out that know uh, how to minister on Wall Street and Main Street as easily as Church Street. Hmm. And, uh, okay. and so there's a heavy emphasis on that kind of integration. Uh, when I went here back in the 80s, uh, I was training to be a missionary in Guinea, West Africa. Ah, okay, wow. And uh, in my last year, God called my wife and I to stay in the U.S. And I thought, oh, great, I wasted my seminary. <laughs> and I studied contextual theology and pluralism. Oh, and all you this. can't apply that anywhere. Oh, well, <laughs> come to find out it prepared me perfectly yes, for ministry absolutely. in North America. So, so that and a heavy emphasis on spiritual formation. Right. Uh, one of our profs like to, likes to say, we don't want to graduate brains on sticks mm. at Alliance. We want to make sure... We develop their heart as well as their head. Hmm. So wow. So now, why don't we dig into that a little bit? What what okay. is it that um, you know you're doing to ensure um, you know within your institution, um, and then maybe even just for pastors, you know, out sure. in the field, um, so they're not just brains on sticks, not just people yeah. that can you know do quote great theology, um, but you know, are their souls are being cared for? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we in our curriculum, let's stay with our Master of Divinity curriculum mm -hmm. uh, because that's the three year program. Mm -hmm. uh, in every year they have to do spiritual formation, intentional okay. spiritual formation. Right. And so when they come in the first year, that is an, initi an initiation to spiritual formation course where there's a lot of uh, entry-level kind of mm -hmm. training on basic spiritual formation, a lot of inventories. Uh, we do what's called an MMPI-2 test, which basically compares them with other seminary students and raises issues of pathology. And so I meet with them early on and we get them into counseling if they need counseling. Right. A, lot of dis a lot of dysfunctional people right. come to seminary. Absolutely. And so one of the things our first spiritual formation class does is kind of raises those issues early on wow. so that we can get them the help they need. And then uh, the second cycle of spiritual formation, I teach that course. 
Uh, it's basically a foundations in uh, life and ministry, and we cover a lot of stuff in there. There's also required counseling as part of that, um, and, and we'll talk about that a little deeper when we talk about different tools. And then we have a capstone course in their third year hmm. uh, that kind of summarizes everything together that they've learned during the three years. And along the three years, there's constant mentoring with spiritual directors. Uh, I was going to ask about that, that whether you're providing yeah. the spiritual director piece in there. Yeah, yeah huh. right alongside. So, you know, we're trying to get it in a very holistic way. We've got the spiritual directors. We've got the counseling available for them. While there's students here, there's no charge for counseling. We have a wow. counseling center. <laughs> and they can even come with their wives, with their husbands, mm -hmm. with their children. Yeah. Uh, we allow them to do... Uh, any type of counseling they need free of charge wow. through our counseling center. Now that seems really progressive. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard of that sort of thing being provided <clears throat> by seminaries. Is is or is that you know? Is that, have I just been out of seminary too long to know about that? Well, no. It, it is relatively new. I think what yeah. helped us is uh, one of our early professors at Alliance was a guy named um, Craig Ellison, mm. and he started a counseling school that we're still connected with. It's okay. the Alliance Graduate School of Counseling, and so. And so it's not just theology, right. but it's anthropology for the missions emphasis, it's sociology, but it's also, you know, holistic psychology, the best of Christian counseling as well. Mm -hmm. And so we've, we're doing everything we can to keep that integration happening. Uh, so, absolutely. You know, the pressures yeah. when people get out into, into the real world can be really tough for sure. So what about, you know, kind of ongoing training and development, you know, for, for, for church leaders? You know, does, does ATS do that kind of work too? Uh, we actually do. Um, more and more what we're doing is opening up our Doctor of Ministry classes that if somebody wants to come in and audit, they can oh. come in and sit through a, close, a course with, uh, you know, Sherwood Lingenfelter, who's mm -hmm. out at Talbot Fuller, comes in and he's one of our doctoral uh, profs. Uh, David Ireland from Montclair comes mm -hmm. up and does a course on culture transformation and um, Martin Sanders and myself do renewal weekends not just here at the seminary uh, but we'll go out into churches and do weekends on spiritual renewal and spiritual formation and so uh, there's a lot of resources that we make available to the local church hmm. so not only inviting them in but our professors going out right so very cool yeah well if you were you know there's you know there'll be you know, hundreds of church leaders listening in today, if you were going to offer them some, uh, you know, some pastoral guidance, um, mm. you know, some um, kind of next steps, even on the, you know, spiritual formation front, I realize this is not a great format for that. Yeah. It's a, you know, yeah. just an interview. What would, you know, what would you suggest some things they should be thinking about as they, uh, you know, think about those issues? Um, it, this is going to sound like it's coming out of left field. Yeah. But I really believe that one of the things pastors have to grab onto is the concept of grieving. Mm. Um, I, I don't think we grieve our loss as well. Hmm. And I think that that handicaps a lot of pastors in embracing next steps hmm. uh, in terms of spiritual formation. Uh, and loss isn't just the loss of a loved one. It's not just death. It's when your dreams begin to get picked off. It's when your vision for ministry begins to get sabotaged. It's when friends betray you. And I find so many pastors, they don't allow themselves to grieve adequately and well. And what happens, they begin to live reactively instead of proactively. Uh, the margin in their life gets filled up with hurt and pain. Mm. And so what I advocate when I go out and speak to pastors is that grieving needs to be a regular part of their spiritual formation process. Hmm. In fact, I think it's, it should be part of the Shabbat, hmm. the Sabbath rest, where at the end of every week, 
we pause and we certainly thank God for the victories. But then we take some time to journal and process and maybe we need to process with another safe person Mm -hmm. the losses that we've gone through this week. And when you do that well, when you grieve well, Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. There's a comfort that comes pastors can leave stuff behind to embrace what's coming next. It allows you to embrace the next season rather than live out of the past. And I I think I found over the last 15 years that that is one of the key pieces for pastors. Uh, I've actually done a, I'm not trying to sell my own video, video series, <laughs> no, it's but, great. but I do have a, a, a six um, session series on spiritual formation. Hmm. Uh, we deal with the discipline of honesty. We deal with bounded set, centered set, which is kind of legalism, religious spirit stuff that, that kills our faith. Uh, we deal with grieving. And um, it's six sessions. It comes in a, um, a DVD series with uh, books for people. Right. designed for small groups. Right. So, so if they contact me at the seminary, I can put them in touch with where they can get that through my production company. Okay. So that's just a resource. Cool. Yeah, that's very cool. Now, you know, what would you suggest to, you know, even something you said there, um, there's a lot of solo pastors who yeah. listen to the show and they, you know, they carry a lot with them. They yeah. go home at night and they don't really want to unload on their spouse because, no. you know, that just, just can become toxic. How would you suggest to um, even a solo pastor who's out there, you know, to yeah. find someone else? What, what would be some steps you think they could take to find someone to even help with some of that? Yeah. Well, the first thing I tell people that are desperately looking for someone to be safe with mm-hmm. is that you've got to be a safe place before mm-hmm. you can find a safe place. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really kind of first steps is, am I the kind of person that somebody would feel safe disclosing their heart to? And, um, I mean, I th- think that's a goal for all of us. Uh, Henry Nowen wrote a great book called Wounded Healers. Mm. And it's the recognition that vulnerability is a strength, not a weakness. Right. And when I do that, it's amazing to me how I begin to discover people that I can also be safe with. Mm. When mm. I decide and determine, uh, I'm not going to judge, I'm not going to condemn, I'm not going to be critical, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to be competitive with mm. other pastors. Because I think other pastors need... Uh, Sorry about that. No, that's great. Uh, I think other pastors need other pastors mm-hmm. uh, to be safe with. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'm a big proponent of really building collegiality in, uh, you know, interdenominationally with other pastors because I think sometimes pastors outside our denomination can be our safest places. Absolutely. Yeah. I, so, you know, I, I actually just last night I ended up there was, had a, you know, a pastor friend of mine contact and say, like, hey, man, we just need to get together and talk. You know, there's some yeah. stuff. And, it wasn't it wasn't any anything significant but it was just you know life stuff and you know how do we wrestle through some of that and and sometimes i think particularly for for people who are processing a lot of pastoral concerns with people day in day out mm-hmm. um that you need someone to interact with um Absolutely. And, to, and to talk you know how does that how does that impact me how does that impact my what's that doing to my spiritual development um how Absolutely. am i you know dealing with that for sure yeah, because not every place is a safe place. Right. And, uh, you know, I do a talk on the discipline of honesty in that mm. series, and uh, you can't turn your pulpit into your therapy place. <laughs> so uh, true. Because you don't cast your pearls before swine. Not right. that your people are pigs, but yes. uh, they're not a safe place. Yes. So yeah, you've got to find a safe place. Absolutely. You know, absolutely for sure. Well, what else would you say, um, you know, to folks that are, you know, listening in today? Is there anything else you'd love to uh, to share with them? Sure, come to ATS. We'd love to have you. <laughs> Still time to register for this fall. 
uh, or NIAC if you don't have your undergrad degree yet. Yeah, uh, yeah right. But uh, no, what I would say is, um, listen, God's doing amazing things in the churches in New York City and the metro New York area. Mm, so uh, I mean, there's some such amazing stories of God on the move mm-hmm. in the church. And I know there's a lot of people that are kind of down on church, but uh, I have a real high value, value on mm-hmm. ecclesiology. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes those of us in parachurch ministry mm-hmm. uh, kind of look down on the local church. I just mm-hmm. had a conversation with a dear friend of mine. He's a CEO for a parachurch organization. And he said, Ron, I don't get it. Why aren't my people growing after they get back from their mission trips, after right. they do this incredible stuff? I said, they're not growing because you have no ecclesiology. Mm. You don't go to mm. church. You don't tie them to the church. And uh, the church is God's vehicle for long-term spiritual growth and wholeness. And I know it's dysfunctional. I know it's broken. But God loves his bride. Right. And uh, and so I'm excited about what God's doing in the church in the metro New York area. So that's so true. don't I, give up. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so true. I, I appreciate <coughs> NIAC and, and ATS. Um, you know, for as a as someone who's ministering in the you know kind of metro New York area, it's one of those schools that you bump into people all the time. You bump into great people who have you know have been through your school or benefiting from your schools, and um, you know I'm just so thankful that you're a part of the matrix of what God's doing uh, in our part of the world for sure. This is the Unseminary Podcast: Stuff You Wish They Taught in Seminary. Well, we're going to jump into the uh, lightning round. This is Uh-oh. that part of the show where we ask uh, similar questions to everybody who. Uh, been on the show today. We got Ron Walborn. Super excited to have him from uh, Alliance Theological Seminary in Nyack, New York. So, well, they actually have multiple campuses, right? Where are all your campuses? Yep. Where are they? Well, the seminary has a campus in Rockland County in Nyack, but also in New York City and also down in Puerto Rico. Hmm. Which, if you speak Spanish, you might want to go to Puerto Rico for your seminary education down there. Yeah, and then the college uh, has a campus in Rockland County here in Nyack, but also down in New York City. Brand new facility in New York, huh. right off Battery Park. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, 168,000 square feet down there. Yeah, Go very visit. cool. Yeah. Nice. All right. What's an online resource you're using these days that's helping you out? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, I'm doing a lot of assessment and uh-huh. I'm doing a lot of boring seminary stuff. <laughs> so uh, I'm on the Association of Theological Schools uh, website way too much. Okay. But to, f- but to feed my soul, yep. uh, I'll tell you, I'm, and it's a podcast. I don't mm-hmm. know if that counts. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, I'm good friends with a guy named Bill Johnson from mm-hmm. out in Northern California. We used to fish together when I was out in Redding pastoring. And and uh, as often as I can listen to Bill, I nice. mean, Bill and I don't always agree 100% on one another, but he feeds my soul right. and he feeds my spirit. And uh, and so when I walk and when I exercise, I try to uh, get what I can uh, through my podcast, through listening to Bethel. Very so, cool. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Um, now, what's a book you've read? Now, this is a dangerous question asking yeah. a, a dean because I'm yeah. sure you've read more than a few books in the last six months um, yeah. that have had an impact on your thinking or sure. your ministry. All right. Let me give you. Let me just give you two resources two, uh, that I've read. Yep. Uh, there are two novels uh, written by Bill Crockett. Mm-hmm. He just retired, oh. professor of New Testament here. Okay. But they're historical fiction novels on the Roman Empire. Interesting. And when you read those two novels, one is called. Uh, a Celt in Rome, mm-hmm. and the other one is called Worlds Apart. Hmm. And uh, when you read those two novels, you will come away with an incredible understanding of the first century and the culture surrounding the biblical narrative. And uh, and not only not only that, they're just great books, bestsellers wow. in Germany, by the way. And the other <laughs> book, this is more of a theological resource. 
Uh, I just picked up again an old book by Howard Snyder mm. called Kingdom, Church, and World. Okay. And it's not long. It's just short. But I think it would be a really valuable book for pastors to pick up. It's only about 100 pages. Mm -hmm. But Snyder does a masterful job from an Anabaptist tradition mm -hmm. of talking about the role of the kingdom, the mm -hmm. primary message of Jesus, the role of the church in preaching the kingdom and bringing the kingdom, and then the role of the church and the kingdom in the world. Excellent, excellent little book. Very cool. Uh, what's another ministry you're kind of looking to these days and saying, like, I'm kind of motivated by what they do or inspired by what they do? Um, hmm. You know, who's, who's out there doing some stuff we should be looking at? Um, I'm really excited about Trinity Grace down in New York City. Mm -hmm. John Tyson's a good friend. And I, I really like the concept of a neighborhood church. Mm -hmm. uh, they planted now, I think they're planting their 10th Trinity Grace church mm -hmm. down in New York City. And his goal has never been to be the megachurch. Mm -hmm. His goal has been to transform communities, transform neighborhoods. And um, I, I really like that it's working down in New York City. Mm -hmm. Certainly there's other ministries right. that uh, I, I'm enjoying as well and, and, and benefiting from. But as a seminary dean, I think it's really important for me to keep my finger on the pulse of what's working in the church and what's not working in the church. Right. Uh, I don't ever want to get disconnected uh, mm -hmm. from the church. Absolutely. So. Cool. All right. If you could get 15 minutes with any leader alive today, uh, who would you want to get that 15 minutes with and why? I, I would love to sit down with Barack Obama. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I mean no disrespect by calling him by his first name. Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of people have uh, issues behind stuff that he does and what he's done. But the reality is I'd, I'd, I, I've known some people uh, that have spent time with him. Mm-hmm. And they come away with a very different perspective than those of us that know him through the media. Right. And so Gabriel Salguero is a, one of our adjunct profs here. And mm -hmm. uh, In fact, one time I was sitting in class observing Gabriel. He was teaching a theology course. Mm -hmm. And uh, all of a sudden his phone rings and he said, excuse me, I have to take this. And he walks out of class. <laughs> And I looked at the class, and here I am. His dean is observing him and right. evaluating him, and he takes a cell phone call. Yes. Well, it turns out it was the White House. Yeah. You pick and that phone was, up. Uh, when that phone it, rings, you pick yeah, that one up. Yeah. He, he was praying with Obama out in the student lounge. I said, okay, you can take that call. <laughs> but uh, I would really like to understand uh, what's going on underneath the surface hmm. of why he's doing the things he, he does. I hmm. think it's true with all leaders. We don't fully understand them right. by only looking at the decisions they've made. Right. Cool. Well, when you're not, uh, you know, busy being a dean, which I'm sure keeps you really busy, um, what do you do just for fun to kind of kick back, you know, relax, and enjoy life a little bit? Well, first of all, I'm a new grandpa. Oh, so, congratulations! So tw Twelve do days ago, my son and daughter-in-law uh, had our first grandbaby, a nice. granddaughter. So. Uh, my wife's driving me crazy. When are we going to Syracuse? When are we going to Syracuse? So we were just up there last week. And so I, I have a feeling because of my wife uh, and because of me uh, and our deep love for this little girl, our new hobby is going to be trips to Syracuse regularly. Yes. But, you know, I, I love to walk mm -hmm. um, and I love to golf, uh, but I haven't been able to get out golfing much. Mm -hmm. But I have been walking a lot and cool. I really enjoy just walking with my wife especially. Very so. cool. Well, Ron, I appreciate you being on the show today for giving us some time. Um, you know, super appreciate that. If people want to get in touch with you or with the seminary, how can they do that? Probably my email is the best way, ronald.walborn, uh, R-O-N-A-L-D dot W-A-L-B-O-R-N at NIAC, N-Y-A-C-K dot E-D-U. And uh, I'd love to hear from them. And if there's anything we can do, we'd love to help them. Great. So. Thanks so much. Have a, have a great day, Doc. 
All right. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary. <laughs>